Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ramble Meets with me, Luke Moore. Today I am joined by a stalwart broadcaster, uh, a legend, and not just in his own lunchtime, Mr. Mark Chapman. Stalwart makes, yeah. makes me sound quite old. Should I use your full name, Five Live Sports no. Mark Chapman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just, no, just Mark Chapman will do. That's great. Great. It is a pleasure to have you here, Mark. I, mean, I do you. say that to everyone, but it's a genuine pleasure this time around, honestly. Um, <laughs> do you practice your sincerity? Little, we have to, don't you? In, in yeah, you game. do. Yeah, you do God, have to. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, you want every, the, the idea is to go away everyone thinking you're a nice person yes. otherwise you'll get no work at all <laughs> um, Mark it's great to have you here um, you. everyone will know you very very well from um, every single TV and radio show in history uh, so there's no introduction needed there but why don't you tell us a bit about um, a bit about how you came to, to be the, the, the broadcaster you are today where you started all the rest of it before you do though I think I might be mistaken in this but I think I, I used to have a job working in a, in a car park in the booth Right. And what I used to have to do for a supermarket was check people's receipts as they came out to make sure that they paid um, to pay paid to, to park there. And so, that, so, the, so that they'd spent enough in the supermarket yeah. to make sure that they yeah. were allowed think, the think, two hours free parking. That's exactly yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was in about, this was in about 1999-ish, yeah. maybe 2000. I'm not going to say I saw you work at the supermarket because <laughs> that, that's not true. But obviously before the internet, so we had, all the, thing I, the only thing I had was this little radio. And I, I think I'm right in saying that you used to do the sport on Chris Moyle's show. Is that no, right? No. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I used to do the sport for uh, Sarah Cox okay. on her breakfast show. Around that sort of time. So I, I joined Radio 1 in, in, the, in the summer of 99. So I did the, I did the sport for Zoe Ball on okay. her breakfast show. Okay. Then Sarah Cox. Uh, and then I moved to Afternoons with Sarah and then Scott. I used to, when there was a big football tournament, 
do stuff uh, for the Moyles show, but I was never part of the Moyles show. Right, thank okay. goodness. Okay. Uh, the only the only thing I was part of was a uh, sort of budget Anton Deck double act with Dave okay. when we used to do shows for Radio One that, as Chappers and Dave. That must be what I, I remember. Okay. But a lot of people, a lot of people, go, oh, you were on Chris Moyles. No, 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 I really wasn't. I really, I did some stuff for them, but I was never, I was never part I've of fa- it. I've fallen into the same trap. Why, right. why don't we, why don't we roll back to, to the very start then? We don't yeah. have to go back to your, to your sort of childhood or whatever. But when you first started uh, broadcasting, well I, well, I can tell you back to about about when I was thirteen or fourteen because that was when I decided that I wanted to work in radio and. I wanted uh, to be the next Simon Mayo. That was what okay. that, he was doing the radio on Breakfast Show at the time. He's still going. He's still going. Doing a great show, and, with Mark and he's one of the few people that I have been stuck for words when I've when I've bumped into really them okay when I joined Radio One and he and he was still there. Um, but that is what I wanted to do. So um, I sort of persevered in getting work experience. Probably took about three years to get work experience around that time. Did hospital radio. And I got great advice when I was doing my work experience at the BBC in Manchester, BBC GMR, as it was then, uh, from two ladies who took me under their wing, showed me the ropes and said, whatever you do, uh, when you go to, if you go to university, further education, do what you enjoy and what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about doing media studies or journalism right. or anything like that. It was the best advice, I, best advice I ever got. I went to university and did French and business studies, lived in France for a year as part of that, and then eventually did a postgrad about uh, a mile from here where we're doing, where we're oh, doing okay. this interview at City okay. University in London. Okay. Did that in broadcast journalism. And then when I came to apply for jobs in sport, uh, whilst doing that course, there was nothing doing. So I became a continuity announcer at the B because at the time in 96, they were looking for one northern voice to okay. appeal to the whole of the north. Because as you know, a Mancunian accent goes down very well yeah. in both Leeds yeah. and Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you've got to remember for me, it goes Watford Gap, Scotland. That, yeah, yeah uh, so, and that's what it was for the B yeah, at, okay, that, right, uh, okay. at that time. So, um, and I got that and I was dreadful at it. And after nine months, I said, look, can I go and do an attachment? I want to go, and, which you can at the B, but there was a chance to be a cricket reporter in the northeast mm-hmm. and cover Durham home and away in the summer of 97 with David Boone as captain of Durham. Uh, I On away trips, I'd stay in the same hotel as the Durham team. Right. It, I, I would commentate on county cricket on a Saturday afternoon with no summariser for four hours at a time on Radio Newcastle and Radio Cleveland. That taught me a lot. And then after I went back to continuity, did it for another two years, uh, and a job was advertised to be the sports reporter at Radio One yeah. on Zoe's breakfast show, mm-hmm. and I applied for it and I got it. And I, one of the reasons I got it was because I hadn't worked in local radio, bizarrely, okay. yeah. and they wanted something different. And because mm. I come from continuity and wrote short scripts, that's what it's amazing. It's just how these things fall, I suppose. I did ten years at Radio One. Uh, and then joined Five Life to do Monday Night Club, and everything else has followed has yeah. followed on from there. How, how do you? It's a very quick process. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's your whole was that quick whole, enough? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. right. Well, you, you basically condensed your entire career down to yeah. like three and a half minutes. I can't ask for any more than that, really, can I? Um, how how do you find? I mean, because presumably listeners to this show will, will, will know you for your football coverage and all that other stuff, and maybe we'll talk a bit more about that in, 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 a, yeah. in a moment. How do you find? Covering a vast array of sports because I find it hard enough just doing football. I'll right. be honest. So you said to me earlier that you you can't think of anything worse than just doing one sport. You'd find it a little bit dull. You'd want to do a bit more. And so, do you think yeah. you have to have an in-depth knowledge of everything? Um, I think uh, I think you have to have uh, a basic uh, knowledge of most things, uh, an in-depth knowledge of a few things, mm. and enthusiasm for all things. Are, are you a real um, sort of 
sports bore? Are you a buff? Do you read all the newspapers? You do yeah, yeah, yeah. I try, okay. to, I try to read a lot. I try to listen a lot and I try to watch a lot. And, you know, and that kind of, that's what it boils down to. So uh, on Sunday, uh, just gone, I was uh, doing the on-pitch stuff at the Champions Trophy final at the, at the Oval between uh, India and Pakistan. Spent the day there, loved it. Went back to Manchester, hadn't seen, got back to, got home, I don't know, half nine, ten o'clock, something like that. Hadn't seen the family for maybe 48, 72 hours. The kids were in bed. My wife was up and I put the end of, end of the US Open goal for right. just <laughs> that go down well? Just, well, I think, uh, I, think, I think we're used to it yeah. in, in, in our family. Mm. Um, partly because I wanted to watch it and, mm. and partly because, you know, it's the sort of thing that I think... I need to know and I, and I need to be across. But I, I look at, you know, I look at all the, the, the different sports that I do and, I, and I, say, I say to people, look, it's not, um, I'm, I shouldn't know everything and I'm not meant to know everything. And in many ways, I ought to be representing the viewer in these things. And my job as a, as a presenter or a journalist or however you want to call it is to get the best out of the people that yeah. I work with. Mm. And I want... I want on any show and at TV or radio that I do, uh, sports fans or people that I meet to go, my God, I love John Wilkin and Brian Noble on the Rugby League. Yeah. Or Shearer and Wright are great when they're a combination on Match of the Day 2. Or Aunt Osi and Jason Brilliant on the on the NFL. Or, God, Jay Townsend on the Five Live Golf coverage with Ian Carter. We love it. That's what I want. But do I don't, you, I don't I, you know, that's that for me is the most important thing. But do you secretly also, and be honest here, want someone to come up to you and say, Mark Chapman, you are a brilliant anchor? <laughs> <laughs> um, just sometimes, uh, right? just like one in five or six times. No, it no, doesn't. Okay. No, I mean, obviously, the, the insinuation there is that I've been called that uh, an awful lot <laughs> over the course of my over the course of my career without the brilliant bit. You, you uh, have insisted that I put brilliant anchor in the synopsis <laughs> of the show, haven't you? <laughs> That's God, call it that. Yeah, That'd okay. be brilliant. That'd be brilliant. Um, um, no, I just uh, I take it. Um, Without without sounding, God, this could sound really pretentious, but I sort of take I take the job. See, I saw a great I saw a great quote in the Stade de France when I was there last week for mm. for France England from a French broadcaster, Thierry Roland, I think, okay. from TFN. He yeah. died a few years ago, and his quote was, "You know, in this job." You should take the job seriously, but you shouldn't take yourself seriously. No, I, I think and, I, right. and I think that I think that's most important. And when I say I take the job seriously, I'm well aware, doing both Five Live and BBC Television, of the people who have gone before me, mm-hmm. and the people who have done a variety of sports before me, whether that's Des Lynham or David Coleman or Frank Boff or Steve Ryder or Helen Rollison that was the era that I grew up in where they did a variety of sports and you trusted them with those sports and I'm not for one minute comparing myself to any of them but that is the responsibility I feel to to keep that going and also Inverdale Pugach, people who've done Saturday Five Live Sport again I feel a responsibility to it I basically don't want to be the one who I understand, I understand that. I, I think if, if you look, I mean, a classic example of this would be um, when we had, well, we, we didn't have, but we, we witnessed that, that issue with uh, Richard Keyes and Andy Gray. And to me, that essentially belied the fact that they, they were starting to think that they were more important than the sport itself. Mm. And 
once you start doing that, I think it's fatal. I, I think I think you have to understand that you are the punctuation to to the sport itself. I, I wouldn't have thought anybody, uh, or in my head, I don't think anybody turns on uh, a sport program that I'm doing because it's me. Mm. I think, and and you've got, and I think in this industry you have to remember that. And I think I would agree with that. Uh, you know, they are tuning in because they want to hear football debate or they want to watch the highlights of their team or they you know they've got into nfl and they want to see the highlights of everything in a week and i you know i i the, the moment you start thinking oh my god people are what god people are watching match of the day too for me yeah then i think you're on a very very slippery slope it's are not you, called mark chapman's match of the day no, too it's not match yet of the day. not yet not yet um are you the grout in the tiles that's yes. what you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so don't don't use that one. Stick with stick with brilliant anchor. Yeah, out in the tiles. I'll play it by you. Um, <laughs> so on that note, then with with I think somewhere would be fairly interesting to start with would be the uh, Monday night yeah. show you do. Um, what sort of preparation goes into that? Because I am a huge fan of that show. I, I, I'll be totally yeah. honest. I'm a massive fan of it. I think knowing a little bit about what goes on in the background it's, it's an amazing feat I've been lucky enough to, to be in the studio yeah. before as well see how, how, how much work goes into it I mean why don't you give, try and give people a bit of an insight into how much preparation and how it's actually made and, and how you go about doing sure. it sure I mean I think I think um, I think it's a constant it's a constant process from one show to, to the next because it might be that you read an article on the Wednesday and think do you know what actually that'd be quite a good discussion point for next Monday's mm-hmm. next Monday's show um, so I would say that the that it, it's not a we get to the Monday and this is what we're this is what we're looking at. There's a five live sport production team who will be trying to get guests for that show non-stop to a certain extent, as they do for lots of five live sport shows. So um, I don't think anybody ever takes their their eye off it and just thinks right on the Monday morning we come in and put put a show together, and then. The, the beauty of obviously doing five live sport on a Saturday and then match the day two on a Sunday is that you're across all the football. So you get into a groove, don't you? You, you're get, always you absolutely working. It's, get it's into actually a easier, isn't so, it? So, yeah. oh, you know, and if I've. I think also the important thing is people don't listen all the time to no. the whole output. So yeah. I might do an interview on a five on sports report on a Saturday with. Marco Silva last season at Hull say do you know what actually some of the stuff he said there post-match was really good I can text the producer on a Saturday evening clip it and we've got it then ready for a Monday if we want to use it as a a discussion point by the time we get to a Monday I will hopefully have, have spoken to the production team over the course of a weekend, know who the pundit, know who the panel is, know if we've got any guests. You then look at the Monday papers. I'll have a call about eleven o'clock, maybe, with the producer. Then they, I'm at home. They're in the office. They then go into a big meeting at twelve with the whole of the Five Live Sport production team. Ideas are banded about. We have another conversation mid afternoon, and then I'll get in about five ish, and and the show goes on at uh, on at seven. And there's a, there are, you know, you look at you look at Seven till you want to you want to kick off with something big, between say seven and seven twenty might even be the full half hour, and you want to kick off at eight again with something big to give it. A, mm. That that's kind of how we, how we look at it for those two hours. Um, you might want you could have anything between six to ten to twelve subjects really, but I I'm very sort of keen that we keep it as loose as possible because I never know where the 
the panel are going to go. The production team have spoken, will have spoken to the three people on the panel during the course of the day. Do you, so, don't, you don't see them beforehand? I see them. I see them when they get in about six o'clock. Okay. If they're if they've done it several times, there's not a great deal I have to say to them. Bar, are you aware of the subjects and away we go? If yeah. they're new to it, then I sort of explain how we work and you know, uh, which is talk whenever you want to. Yeah, basically, okay. okay. Now, I, and I say this to all 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 panelists, or guests, or pundits. Don't wait for me to bring you in. And it's probably a few you don't need to say that to, isn't there? Yeah, well, yeah. there is. Yeah, there are absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And um, but uh, there are some, obviously, in the first two or three times, you've got you've got to take yourself back sometimes and think. You know, this is either national radio, or let's say with with Monday night's national radio. There are a lot of people listening. You're giving your opinions, which is nerve wracking in itself in this day and age yeah, for course, a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, it takes time for people to to warm up and and get going. So you try and put them at ease. And I and I say to everybody on every show. So on the rugby league last week, we had a new pundit in Jamie Jones Buchanan for the first time. And, and our briefing actually happened when we went to the urinal together at Warrington right. just before we went on our little said, look, interesting little behind the curtain. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want the insight? Yeah, I you? do, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, and I said to him, as I say to them all, don't wait for me to bring you in. Okay. The less there is of me on any show, yeah. the better. Yeah. And I, because viewers, war- viewers, listeners warm to it. They want to hear pundits arguing, disagreeing, debating, agreeing. Um, and the less the host interjects, the more it sounds like a, as cliched as it is, a conversation that you could be joining in a, yeah. as a listener if you're in the pub or the cafe or whatever. That's right. And, and on the subject of pundits then, do you have a say on who you get on and who, you, who you'd prefer to work with and who you wouldn't? Because the reason I ask that is because a lot of our, you know, obviously Twitter is, a, is an yeah. interesting place, let's say, for that sort of stuff anyway, but... Everyone's got an opinion on pundits. Absolutely. Some people are hammered. Some pundits are get hammered. Yeah. Some people are really well respected. I mean, from one side, of the, you've got Gary Neville on one end. You've got various people I won't name and shame. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, how aware are you of that? And how much of an input do you have and say, look, to the production team, we shouldn't be using, say, this guy's much. We should be using this guy more. This guy's really great. This guy's lazy. Whatever. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Do you have a well, lot of input? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hugely aware of it, obviously, because I am on social media and I mm. see what people say. Um, and also... Um, and and we have constant conversations with production teams, both TV and radio, about who works and who doesn't. I don't... Um, equally, the ones that maybe people are less appreciative of doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that they don't make good radio or television. Mm. Just and means they're not to their particular taste. Just means they're not to their yeah. particular taste. And I think you need... I think you need variety and I think you need combinations. And actually what we tend to do is we all know the people that are out there. We also look for different uh, new people all the time, to be honest. Um, We will try them in different situations before bringing them in on a Monday night. There'll be other shows that we try them on on. But the most important thing is actually to look at the combinations and the chemistry. So, So it's more if you have three people who are all quite softly spoken and quite considered and uh, I was going to say intelligent but I don't mean intelligent but you know thoughtful mm. then actually that that could be quite a hard listen for two hours sure because you haven't got the punch and you haven't got the energy from anywhere so then you need to think well actually those three don't work we need to bring someone in with a bit of energy or spark to balance that out you know mm. actually 
this week, when we look at what the subjects are, it's quite a big European week. Mm. So let's tailor our guests accordingly and bring in people who are maybe stronger on European football than they are on the Premier League, because actually we know that at least an hour of the show is going to be dominated by La Liga, Bundesliga, whatever it may be. So I think that... I think that's how I look at the the casting of the pundits more than what what people think. I think if you you know if you just went highbrow all yeah. the time, yeah, then you're looking at me when you said highbrow. Then is that yeah 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 yeah, yeah I pointed yeah, at you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe highbrow maybe highbrow is the wrong word but okay if for if, me it definitely yeah, is. yeah 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 <laughs> if you all right let's say if you just looked at the pundits that are popular on Twitter yeah then. Um, then I think you'd be in trouble. Okay, because it's interesting you say that because I I spoke to Dave Jones of Sky Sports uh, on one of these. Yeah. I don't know if you know if you know him. Yeah, I know him very well. Yeah, really, really nice chat. But he said exactly the same as you, and I I, I, I would doubt you've you've heard that. Yeah. But he said uh, the, the the example he used was Graham Souness. Yeah. He was braver. He named the pundits. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> I'm just joking, but he said, "I like I love working with Graham. All the rest of it's a great yeah. guy." And and um, but we know what we're going to get with Graham, so yeah. we're not going to use him every week yeah. because it will be repetitive for the Absolutely, people who watch, yeah. and, and so yeah. it's not relevant for any some particular yeah. games, you yeah. know. So, uh, which which I said, well, Graham has won everything, you know, so he probably does know a bit yeah, about yeah. it. So, yeah. but no, I, I do take the point. It's, it's an interesting. But all right, let's take let's take let's take Chris on. Okay, okay. so Chris Sutton will divide opinion on on Twitter, obviously. And you have any show with him and you get slated for having him and you get praise for having him. Hmm. But whatever his opinions, I know that I have a good chemistry with Chris. Yeah. And I know that I can kind of take the mick out of him and can nudge him and wind him up a little bit. And I also know that he will give it back. Mm -hmm. So if that makes good radio, you might not agree with anything that he's saying and you might think he is miserable and he puts everybody down, bar Celtic. But... (laughs) But, and half the stuff he says is just to wind up Rangers fans. You might think that, but you can't deny that hopefully the show over the two hours with him on it will either get you angry or make you laugh or so make I, you think in a different way. That's that's all it is. I, th- I think, with, I think I, I might be wrong, you'll know much more about this than me. I think at one point Chris Sutton was told to stop being so negative and then he turned it around and became a little bit more friendly. Did, did I imagine that? Uh, I ha- I have no idea whether that's been the case or not. Okay, right. Because at one point he seemed to be, as you say, just hammering everyone, which I don't. I personally don't mind. But then, but then it, when I flicked it on, maybe a few weeks later, he was a lot more positive. I've, does that does that sort of conversation take place? Uh, if it if it if it does, I was unaware of it. Okay, right. And I don't think I'd be disappointed if we told somebody not to be to Themselves. be something that they're not. Yeah, okay. Because that's that that's my whole. Broadcasting, it, you've got to be who you are. But, you, but some people need to be coached, though, right? So, oh, absolutely. Oh, and and there is coaching available, and we have somebody who who you know gives out you know training sessions and everything yeah. to them, and that's hugely important. I think hugely, so, yeah. hugely important. And they listen back to themselves and how this works and how that works and what doesn't work. So, absolutely. But I still think you have to. I still think each pundit has to be true to themselves of course absolutely otherwise yeah. they, otherwise, there are pundits who will say things just for effect and they get themselves in trouble because they can't back because it up because they, contra- they contradict themselves yeah, you can't okay. you can't you know go on go on match the day on a Saturday night and say they're the greatest pa- strike partnership in the Premier League and then the following Sunday go on match the day too when a different team are playing and go they're the greatest yeah. strike partnership in the Premier League when you've just said that about someone else the week before yeah no fair, fair point Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What would you say then is your, sort of, I guess, proudest moment, maybe or your most successful moment in, in the job you do? What, what was something you look back on with, with the most pride? I'm going to ask you your worst moment in a minute, so enjoy this one where you can. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> London 2012, that's what everyone says. Do they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what? I I, I don't know, because I don't... Stop being so self-deprecating. Yeah, but I, well, I am, unfortunately, <laughs> and, and I don't... I I mean, I think... If I if I was to look if I was to look at it as if I was to analyze mm. the the different stuff that I do, I would say ho- anchoring mm. uh, the Super Bowl is about the technically hardest thing. Right, that you can, that's the, interesting. That okay, because do. it's such a technically difficult sport. Because, uh, because you are in the because you are in the hands of a of a uh, American broadcaster or a World Feed broadcaster, and you never know when the adverts are coming. You never know when the breaks coming. So and, you're on your and toes it can be ten. Time. It can be a ten. Say, oh, they're going right. They're going to after this field goal. They're going to take an ad break. Uh, this is a minute thirty-one, and you sort of put your cup of tea down, and away you go, and you're off, right. and, and you you know. Um, so I think within the world of television, that that is quite a technically difficult thing for everybody to do and you need the whole team to be really on on their game for it but but that's where you rely on the radio side of it because it's just talking for a minute and a half and hitting a timing to get back to the game so i would say um i would i would say i feel you know that that doing the super bowl is is quite an accomplishment did you did you work on that big uh brazil defeat in the semi-final of the world cup yeah i did i think i did radio that must have been that must have been bizarre well, that that was, uh, yeah, we were in because you were in you were in Rio. I was you, presenting yeah, in Rio, yeah. and where was it? Sao Paulo. That think, game or was it? Think, I can't remember. But I know anyhow. you were definitely out there anyway. So, so that that game was wherever it was, and they got um, so they got smashed seven one, mm. and we finished the show, and we came out, and it was raining, a biblical proportions. Yeah. I mean, it was 
absolutely lashing down. And we wanted to get somewhere just to have some food, just to find somewhere for food and a beer or whatever. And the streets were deserted, partly because they'd just been thumped and partly because it was absolutely mm. lashing down. And we came out of the hotel and we sort of tried to go under shops and buildings that had awnings on them so that we weren't going to get soaked. Well, there, were, there was uh, me and Dan Walker, uh, a couple of the production staff, and then three others were following were following on behind so there was there was the four of us running through the road yeah. we got to this restaurant and they didn't speak english right and of H- course the, portuguese well horrendous so so we were at a table yeah and there's four of us there and there's three coming on behind and we held up Seven. seven. Oh my god! <laughs> exactly, seven. exactly. They kicked well, we them seven fingers, and they thought, "Oh my god, they think we're taking the mick out yeah. of the fact that they've just beat that and English like, as well." Seven, seven beers. All right, yeah. okay, fine. You can stay here. Thank God for that. That's amazing. Um, the guy so, loads up his shotgun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, it was a, um, it was a very quiet, somber evening. Was that? Yeah. Okay, and and. We've all been well. We haven't all. But you, you and I definitely would have been there when you're you're doing live stuff and your mind goes blank or you can't think of what to say next and everything. Mm. What's your worst experience? I had to that? do a six oh six quite early on uh, in my because um, I did some five life stuff around two thousand three, four, and five, and then uh, and I had to do a six oh six in the days when you were on your own to do it. You didn't have a footballer with you. You right. were on your own. A six oh six with no phone lines working for twenty minutes. Wow! No outbreaks. Are no outbreaks. No outbreaks. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't put a record on a yeah. record, <laughs> no, like, exactly, like exactly. a CD on, like yeah. I would do on Radio One. Yeah, it was. I think, you know, where's I, that copy of Sterling? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Baby Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get. Uh, it so doesn't, what did you do? Just fill. Just fill and just talk and hope that something comes through and rely on a few texts, I suppose, and and hold the newsreader close yeah, to, as, right. a, as a kind of sidekick yeah. just to keep the t- conversation going but you managed to get away with it you reckon do you people at home would have noticed yeah God, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah it would have sounded it would have sounded absolutely horrendous the absolute king of um, of sort of filling when he runs out of things to say is uh, Alan Brazil on TalkSport <laughs> he I, I, I'm being serious I've been sat there where he has got nothing to say and he just sort of goes to tum to tum tum right <laughs> so wraps the desk doesn't, doesn't care it's completely unflappable it's fantastic <laughs> I won't know the presenter but there was a time at Radio 1 when what you'd do is there'd be the evening session between 7 and 9 or was it 7 and 10 and, and the, but then the, and then it got, got to the final hour and it would then go regional there'd be the session in Northern Ireland session in Scotland right, and England yeah, and Wales yeah. so it had to be a clock start which would get very technical but they had to hit exactly the, t- the time and whoever was presenting, she wasn't a particularly experienced presenter, and she was thirty seconds light, so she just right. whistled up. To, wow, <laughs> up to, that up is to, Alan Partridge to, stuff. That is, exactly, that's fantastic. Exactly. Do, do you think it's getting? Um, I mean, this is a bit of an abstract question, I guess, but I hope you'll know what I mean. Do you think it's getting harder or easier to broadcast now on such a big scale as you do, with the fact that everyone has an opinion, but not just an opinion, a platform to express that opinion? And the reason I'm asking that is because before we came on air, we were talking a bit about some other presenters who fall and foul maybe of a Twitter storm yeah. or something that would be a you know a fairly innocuous mistake but is blown up out of proportion because everyone's got a voice yeah. now do you are you aware because you, you, your scene is a very a safe pair of hands right you've mm. never luckily or fortunately never yeah. had any, anything like that do you think the pressure is felt more keenly now or do you think it just washes over people they're just used to it so they just, they just ignore it no 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 I think when you're uh, when you're in the middle of it I think it can be hugely um, uh 
frightening and hugely affecting, actually. I think, you know, uh, and I think you need a lot of uh, strong people around you to make sure that, you know, if something if something has gone wrong or you have done something wrong or it hasn't worked out as you planned, that there are people, you know, to to say, well, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Don't worry about it, mm. you know. Um, I think it's... Uh, I mean, there are so many different levels to it. I think um, when you're... At, when you're exper- when you're high profile and make a mistake, I think you're going to be hung out to to dry over oh, because that is the world we live in at the moment, mm-hmm. and everybody reacts to it. I think what I always find quite unfortunate about it is, um, uh, is for some people. I mean, look, we, we've been talking about Inverse. We've talked talk about John Inverdale, yeah, who's made sure. various gaffes over over recent years. But what um, what I find quite um, unfair for him is that when when he does something, all previous ones are then regurgitated and brought out again. So that more grist the mill, basically. Yeah. yeah. So when the, Just so the when, latest, when the, the Steve one, yeah. Redgrave thing happened with him as in Rio, that's fantastic viewing, by the way. Then then, <laughs> then, then the Marion Bartoli thing got yeah. brought out. And it also got brought out that he'd he'd sworn on air at Cheltenham, which is still one of my favourite. That was like an honest mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Roast, getting roast tinted and roast coloured up to combine yeah. them to what he said <laughs> know, was right? one of the funniest things. But that's funny and an honest mistake. But yeah. it gets brought up in certain publications. Yeah. Oh, gaff prone, this, that, and the yeah. other. You know, he's got a 30, 40 year broadcasting career behind him. You yeah. know, he is considered or should be considered really a safe pair of hands some things he hasn't done particularly well but over the course of a long career I think that could be thrown at all of us I would have thought at some point I think if you are so I think you need people around you to help you if you find yourself in that situation I think you cut if it's just people slagging you off on social media because you haven't been positive enough about Southampton, you've just criticised them. That's white noise to me now. Then I think you just have to let it wash over you. What what I would say is slightly more, and maybe I'm looking at this in a bit of an old fart kind of way, you know, I'm I'm 43 and I've now done 20 years in this and, you know, I've worked for two of the, you know, I've worked for the biggest radio station in the world in Radio 1 Mm. and now I'm working for Five Live. There's not a lot that I haven't seen and therefore when the stick and the criticism comes, some of it might be justified and you take it on the chin and the rest of it you just sort of have to go, look, you know, that's what happens in football. People have allegiances that are going to want to slag you off. What concerns me is the 25, 26, 27-year-old people who are starting out Mm. and get stick and how they deal with it you've got to be tough haven't you I mean, you have but I don't think you're t- I mean was I tough when I first started at Radio 1 I'm not sure I was hmm. I, I suppose when you started there, was, there wasn't Twitter and all that there was only text but the text you'd sit in front of a text screen and, and we didn't that. have text right at the start yeah. God, this, God, <laughs> just had blackboard and, yeah, exactly, <laughs> stone tablet I don't think we had text at the start and when the text started and you'd sit in front of the text screen and it would just be all these people slagging you off, so yeah. you get used to it, used to it very quickly. Mm. But it's not at the start. I don't think it's particularly easy. I, th- I think this is maybe a bit too technical, but I think the, the production, the, the producer, is important. Like the, big, the biggest um, yeah. example of that is the old um, 
they were calling it in the newspaper Saxgate with Andrew Sachs and, and Jonathan yeah. Ross and Russell Brand. And what later turned out afterwards, which wasn't really that widely reported, but was I read it in a, in, a, in, a, in a report of it, was that like the producer was completely obsessed with Russell Brand right. like, and, and wouldn't tell him, right. you can't do this, you can't do that. And that's why a producer is really important. Yeah, like, yeah, you have yeah. a strong producer. Yeah. What we do with the Ramble, obviously we don't have to go out live anyway, but we have four of us and five of us really produce it and we all take a view on what should be and what yes. shouldn't be and, and, and you get a consensus a wisdom of crowds type thing obviously live broadcast you don't necessarily have that but if you've got a strong producer they'll know what precisely you that's like almost like a fail safe yeah, isn't it yeah yeah and and actually but then you know we, we work in industry where there are ogres of broadcasting who would bully producers now yeah. I'm not saying Russell Brand bullied that producer mm. by any means but Therefore, for a lot of producers, even though it's their even though it's their job, for some of them, it's hard to tell off the presenter the talent, because they are so you yeah, know yeah, yeah. big and demanding yeah. and this that and the other. So I feel you know, but you need God the that relationship between you as a presenter and your producer and your editor is the most important thing. I hope all my producers know. Well, they do because they they do. So you can't do that. Yeah. Do you, do you get a lot of um, do you get a lot of criticism? I won't stand criticism for forever. Oh, do, do you get a lot of criticism for Match of the Day too? Because I know that Match of the Day gets a little bit of stick through Gary Lineker is always tweeting about this is the run in order to die, all, all the rest of it. Yeah. This is why we're doing this. Yeah. And I think what people don't maybe understand is that because I'll be honest, years and years ago I used to get annoyed with Match of the Day because I think I thought it was really basic and really simple. yeah, it was, it was. And, and, and but then but then I sort of realised that. You know, most people don't take football as serious as me, and and you know they yeah. only get a few minutes between each game, mm. and you don't, you don't get a Sky Sports hour. Do no, you? so no. so. But do you, do you do you experience a lot of that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. match of the day too. I'm right in saying it's purposely a little bit more lighthearted, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a bit more. I think um, I think it's a bit more lighthearted, and we have more time to talk about the games. Mm. So, you know, if you look at a Saturday match of the day, I would have thought because of the number of games they have, they will never have more than maybe three minutes to talk about a game off the back of it mm. you might go to if they've had a big say Saturday tea time Arsenal Manchester City or something they, they'll probably do four minutes off the back of that game now if you switch that to a Sunday you're looking at seven minutes off the back of each okay. game so that's a big difference yeah. that's a big difference um, the the running order very rarely gets criticised on Sunday because there's only two, three, four games yeah. so you, you're, you're fairly safe there The what I I sometimes find I mean, sometimes the analysis itself isn't criticised, but the subjects you have picked for the analysis is okay. criticised. So, let, so a, a good example, I, I don't even need to give a team because it happens quite a lot. Say a team has won 2-0 at a, at a so-called big team that they weren't expected to be. Mm. So you want to analyse the two goals, influential player, praise them, whatever. Also in the course of that game... One of their players was the victim of a horrendous tackle that could have broken his leg. Yeah, but actually was all right. The player got a yellow card, not a red card. Everything carried on. If you pick <laughs> right the goals, the positive stuff, and then maybe one negative about the team who've been beaten at home and why they're struggling, most of the responses from the team that have won is why didn't why didn't you why didn't you do? I mean, even though the tackle would have been in the match edit. Why yeah. didn't you talk about that after? Right, because well, we thought we we thought we'd praise your goal scorers <laughs> and your team and this and that, and we're finding ourselves at the moment in a really in, a, 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 we have quite a lot of discussions, certainly towards the end of this season, about really are we are we really just going to look at controversial incidents from this game? Mm. Are, is that 
Is that an- yet again? Are we going to do? Could he have been sent off for that? Was that a handball? What you know? Rather than you know, look at this formation or look at this pressing. Or what do you think people want to hear though? Because I, 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 we talked about this again a little bit on the way over. Generation, the younger generation, as far as I understand it, want to watch controversial instance skills and goals yeah. and that's part of the reason yeah. not only reason part of the reason why Sky Sports are struggling big yeah. time with, for viewing figures yeah. but I, no one wants to watch a whole game anymore I, I, I want I would hope and I and on the back of this fans of every club will, will tweet in and go well that doesn't happen I would hope that by the end of a season we have praised and criticised teams on the show Roughly in e- roughly in equal measure that they've got as much praise as they have criticism. That's 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 what I would hope by the end of by the end of a but season. But how can that be possible if, if a team like Sunderland last season? You can't. Oh, yeah, really, no, yeah. I know, absolutely, absolutely. It's justifiable, yeah, isn't it? Yes, yeah. 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 But in in yeah, if somebody's as horrendous as Sunderland, yeah. they're really <laughs> struggling. But then you go, well, actually, we've done Pickford a few times, yeah. or we've done Defoe, or what, yeah. you know, and. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally all you've got to work with, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, we got this thing on the ramble where David Moyes is now um, not less a manager, more sort of manager of a haunted fun fair. <laughs> that's basically what he looks like now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what I and, and over the... And, and also, yes, we will do the controversial stuff. And we will... The other thing that I've tried to do, actually, recently, or we have tried to do as a team, is, do you know what? After a game... We don't need five bits of analysis. You don't need loads of triangles and circles and dotted lines mm. and all of that. Are you have a pop at Gary Neville there. So no, <laughs> no. Let's just talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's just talk. Yeah. So, and and Wrighty and Danny Murphy arguing about Arsenal Spurs and who you would sign for mm. is as entertaining and interesting, really, mm. as. Or well, they pressed really well for that yeah. twenty minutes, thirty minutes. I just think there's a place for everything, but I don't. I don't want Sundays to get bought. It's a Sunday night. Everybody's going back to work. Mm. A little bit of an argument or or a little bit of fun is is at times preferable to you know how to play out from the back if you're playing the back three. Do you think people will still would still watch uh, match of the day and match of the day two if it was literally just the highlights with the commentator with a little stab in between? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. But the reason what I say a, that is what because, a ridiculous suggestion. Because I, I, this is unconfirmed, but there's been some reports at BT Sport. Okay, they've got all the rights to all the European leagues, um, and they may next season just not contextualise them at all. Right. May just play the game. Um, because we're talking that we were talking okay. earlier in this chat about the fact that the sport itself is king, right? So that would be a natural I think thing the sport, to do. I think that, the sport itself is king, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. But I think. Um, I think actually, what's as popular is all the stuff that's around the sport. Yeah, it's podcasts, like football ramble. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, but it but it is, isn't it? I mean, I, mean, I wish it were more popular. But yeah, I, I did take the point. Yeah, but that's but all the noise around it is 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 as popular part as the, the is yeah, part yeah. of the conversation. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because you've just tried to do me out of a job no, no, on no, a no, no, Sunday no, no. night. But you'll be pleased to know I have absolutely no power or sway in any but, of this. <laughs> but, but people, people on a Monday morning, I would hope, would go, "Oh God, did you see Phil Neville? You know, you know, let John Stones off the hook again mm. in that game when he was dreadful, for example. I don't know. Yeah, or did yeah. you see 
share a pup Phil Neville away on yeah. this. That's or the stuff that. that gets shared, isn't it? That's yeah. the stuff yeah. that gets shared. Yeah, people like that. Don't and they? that's what that's what everybody else is doing around football. So it's universal themes, basically. We, we it's these things that people wouldn't necessarily need to have a, a working understanding of football to enjoy. Yeah, that's the stuff that gets shared. Yeah, that, isn't it? And also, I feel I feel maybe I'm, I'm you know making me myself sound more important than I am, but I, I do feel like. I'm 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 representing the fan in this. I'm I'm not. I know you'll find this hard to believe, but I'm not a former player. Yeah. And and actually, I quite like taking the mick out of the yeah. pundits and yeah. arguing with them and going, "Hang on a minute, you don't see it from our point. You don't see it from our point of view." Yeah. You know. Well, I don't get why. Okay, I'll go back to. I don't. I don't know. That, although that'd be the wrong example. But I don't get why player X is being booed on his return to to this club after all he did for them. Uh, well, because he's gone and joined them. That's yeah, why yeah, you yeah, feel yeah, cheated yeah. on. That's you, important. You isn't don't it, yeah. get it because you're all money grabbing footballers <laughs> who move anywhere. Do you think? Do you think footballers? Some footballers who work uh, in the media think it's enough just to be, say, yeah. I'm not going to say because it would be unfair to point someone out, but enough just to be an ex footballer. No. Because that's, that's the criticism no. that's levelled at people. I think... Because they'll think, say, well, you haven't played the game, so you don't understand, so believe me. Uh, yes. Uh, and they... Would you prefer them not to say that? No, I don't, I don't mind them saying that. OK. Because then I'll go, well, you haven't spent thousands of pounds watching football mm. for the last 30 years, so mm. trust me, I'm putting it from this point of view, right? And it's mm. as much my game as it is your game. So, yeah. um, so that's the first thing. The other thing I would say is that Contrary to what a lot of people may think, and it goes back to your point about maybe a decade ago, the the football offering of the Beeb feeling more basic and, and maybe lazy, maybe doing the same kind of analysis all the time. Our pundits work work at it now. Yeah. It goes back to the training that they get is mm. there if they want it. The stats are there, the research is there, you know, and the majority of them sit watching the games on a Sunday with pen and paper in front of them, noting things down with the guy who's sort of logging it all so that he can then help them build the analysis saying, do you know what? Actually, I think that's, I think that's really interesting. And it means that as soon as somebody new comes into it, they immediately, they immediately want to do what, you know, they're not just going to sit there and watch. So Matthew Upson did his first one this year. Immediately sat down with a pen and paper. He already had some ideas on a notepad that about the games that we were going to right. look forward to. Within 15 minutes, it was like, watch this player here for the rest of the game because he's not doing what he should be doing and he's getting in the way here and he's getting in the way right. there. And you can see it develop. And then the the guy who's who's logging it all is then specifically looking for that player and what he's doing. It's a doing. very collaborative process. So it's a hugely collaborative yeah, okay, right. process. And they they work at it. Have they you ever, have, have you ever had, speaking of players, have you ever had any difficulty with with interviewing a player or with an experience with a player in your career? Uh, no, I found um, uh, I found Van Hal the just the, the hardest person to... And you're a United fan as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that'd yeah, be difficult for you. Like, when he was at United... Yeah, yeah, I had to do. Um, I had to do the uh, the touchline, the pre-match and post-match interviews for an FA Cup game, and they were at Preston. And as ever, there was huge debate about Wayne, where Wayne Rooney was playing at the time, and we got the team sheets. And uh, and he said, um, he said. So I said, recording the pre-match. Um, I said, oh, it looks like Wayne Rooney's from the team lineup I've got in front of me. It looks like Wayne Rooney's playing up front tonight. Mm. And he went, well, you have to wait and see. Mm. 
and then stopped and that was it and right. I thought this could be interesting yeah so then I said um and you brought and Herrera hadn't been playing at the time. Yeah. And you brought as I said, and you brought Ander Herrera back, so it's a big opportunity for him. This is live on the radio. No, this is a pre-recorded TV oh, interview. Oh, okay, for right, the yeah. live the live game was was sure. Preston Man United. And uh, as I said, so you brought Ander Herrera back, so a big opportunity for him. And he went, well, he's not going to play up front. He's a midfielder. <laughs> and I very very nearly stopped it and went, listen, mate. Yeah. I know he's a midfielder because I'm spending two grand a season watching this crap at the moment yeah. under you <laughs> yeah. and all of the United fans know he's a midfielder and what we want to know is why he hasn't been playing but obviously I bottled it and, yeah. did <laughs> and asked some generic question that he gave yeah. me a slightly longer answer to and that was the end of it and they won they won and post-match he came out and this was going to be live and I had a monitor and Lineker and Roy Hodgson were in the were in the studio Hodgson was England manager at the time so they're having a conversation Van Hart comes out I said to him, we're going to do this live. I'm just waiting for them to finish on the monitor and then we'll do it. He was like, okay. So I looked down at the monitor again. And when I looked back up at Van Hart, he is just staring at me. So I started staring at him. Was it intimidating? Well, slightly. But I thought, I thought I'm not having, I'm not having this. But then after ten seconds of staring at each other, I thought I can't be involved in a stare <laughs> with the Manchester United. Man. So I just kind of went back. I went back to looking at yeah. looking at Hodgson. Thinking, for God's sake, will you two shut up? Like get yeah. this over and done with. And then we did the interview, and that was that. But I, 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 I'm, uh, I detest pre and post match interviews. Right. And I think one of the biggest problems the game. Well, there are lots of problems for me that the game has at the moment. But I think, um the constant need to hear from managers is not particularly healthy and if they're involved in European competition as well I reckon six days out of seven you'll five days out of seven you'll hear from a you'll be hearing from Klopp or Mourinho or mm. Conte or and you just think why does that happen do you think uh, because we've there's an insatiable need for uh, the media to fill time mm. And that's not a dig at Sky Sports News. I mean, that that mm. is, you know, that's newspapers, that's radio, mm-hmm. that's that's TV as well. Um, so, and it's easier, I think, for them to stick the manager in front of the cameras every time than sort of organise a rotor to bring players out. But I do, I do firmly believe that really, some days you'd, you'd be better off hearing from a player. Or do you know what? Some days, just not hearing from anybody because yeah. there's only a certain number of things that you can. Say. Do you think? Do you think uh, managers and players, particularly, have been sort of media coached into oblivion now? A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. And also, how much of it is a failure of the of the media outlet to get some good questions in there? Absolutely. Well, pre and post match interviews are, are, are just horrendous. They're a waste of time. Waste of yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just get rid of them because with the cra- exception of like Zlatan Ibrahimovic and one or two other players, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. Waste of time. yeah, yeah. But Zlatan's thirty five, thirty six, yeah. takes the mick out of himself and yeah. knows that he's funny. I mean, yeah. I mean, and therefore. Is completely at ease with doing whatever Zlatan wants to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is brilliant. Yeah. But you know, He's I, the can, exception, isn't I he? can understand Guardiola and Mourinho at times getting, you know, or any of them getting annoyed with that. How do you feel? Are you disappointed? Let me ask you about the controversial incident. You're trying not to get into trouble. I want you to get into trouble because mm. it's good television. End of story. There you go. It's a constant. It's a constant battle. The 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 nature of the post match interview, where you've probably given three minutes to talk to them, means you can't do anything in depth or interesting with them. Mm. Really, mm. we should we should be better at doing them. I mm. think. I think we've got into a habit of good three points. That was great. 
whereas arguably the first question should be why did you go with that formation today what was the thinking behind this etc did they carry out your yeah. instructions if I compare it to the NFL most head coaches there as I understand it are, and certainly the press conferences I've been to post-match come out stand on a sort of podium behind yeah. a lectern and give a three or four minute dissection of the game to the press conference now Therefore, if you are anyway half decent, you're listening to that and thinking, "All right, so he's." Th- it gives you subjects that you can then pick up on. How long will they feel questions for afterwards? Then? A while, ten, ten minutes. Okay, ten right. Minutes. But then it gives you. You know how they're thinking, so you can then ask questions based on what you've heard. Mm. Do you see? Do you, yeah, do you no, see? of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and at the time it gives you a chance to be a little bit more in depth. But you know, you have to remember now post match. It's not just Sky, BT, the BBC who they're being interviewed by. There's NBC, yeah, there's course, yeah. Be In Sport, there's a world feed here, there's the Scandinavian broadcasters. I mean, it's, it's, there's radio. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's absolutely they're, they're ridiculous. They're the paymasters, aren't they? That's the problem. I mean, it's a difficult situation to analyse and sort of dissect because I, I completely agree with that, but the paymasters are the media companies. I mean... Y- They've got to take their pound of flesh, basically. Yeah, they're, I know. They're, yeah. Pay, they're paying. I know they're paying extensively for the matches themselves, but all the stuff that comes along with it is part of it. And yeah. I, I mean, we, we had a bit of a conversation about this on on the Ramble a number of a number, maybe a number of years ago now, where where it was um, when Liverpool blew the title at Crystal Palace. Yeah. And I think Luis Suarez was in tears. Yeah. And Steven Gerrard went round trying to stop the cameras yes. filming him. Yeah. And I was thinking at the time, come on. You, that's what they've paid for. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty distasteful, yeah. and it's voyeuristic and all it's the rest hugely, of it. Yeah. But that's what it is. Yeah. And you've got to. I mean, I've got people. People are listening to this. I'm just. I'm second guessing them. But people listening to this are going to go. Well, you've got to do a few interviews after a game. So what? You know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll work. For yeah, yeah absolutely. Week, and yeah. you get paid this amount, and this amount, and yeah. this amount. So do it and do it properly. Yeah. That, that, I think that's a fair comment, isn't it? I think that. I think. I think that is a fair comment. Um, I think. But what I would say is if they could get themselves better organised or better planned, they could probably go, right, you know, these these two companies, three companies, you get Guardiola, okay? Yeah. You, that That's your interview. Yeah. But, by the way, make sure it's pulled and can go to yeah. all these other outlets, right? I mean, that's getting, getting a bit broadcast technical, but you could do that. By the way, radio, today you will get... Vincent Company, and they should all just share it. And yeah, and, and but is it because everyone wants to ask their own question? Of course, yeah, yeah. But how many times has there been a killer question that has has allowed? The worst for that is is newspaper press conferences. Yeah. They ask terrible questions over and over again, and and you think if you're going to ask those anyway, just send one person. But but we do we do that. You know, if you go to a you go to a, a press conference. Um, which is also for broadcast media, and I say one of the England press conferences, you know, and Sky go first with three or four questions or whatever. And then because it's going to be shown on the 10 o'clock news or, or whatever it may be, the news channel, the BBC guy there has to get a question in and will invariably probably ask something very similar so to what right. Sky got, okay. just so that it's his voice on the question. Then right. they got the 10 o'clock news. So is that an, that's an ego-driven well, thing, right? Of well, yeah. yeah. But, um, but also, it's like maybe an ego thing. It also might be bosses going, look, we've, we've got, a, you've got to ask, you're there, we need your question on the sure. top of the, on the top of the piece. I don't know, it just, it's such a behemoth at the moment and I just, I don't know, maybe it just needs a bit of streamlining and a bit, I, I don't know. 
just, maybe it needs to be just a bit more grown up and then we'll all get <laughs> That's very more ambitious. out of it. It's very it ambitious. is, isn't it? And you're speaking to the wrong person there about being more grown up. <laughs> but um, speaking of um, ego-driven decisions, um, you've got a new book out. Yeah, yes, I have. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it's called The Love of the Game. Why don't you tell me and the listeners a bit about that because it sounds pretty interesting to me. Uh, it, it is. It does, I'm not joking. It, it is. So obviously, I played a lot of amateur sport in my uh, in my youth, mm. uh, and even into sort of early thirties. And then, as my children came along, I've got three. Uh, my chance of playing sport really diminished because I obviously had to look after them and, yeah. and through the job. And then you start playing sport with them, and you realise that you are heading into a, a sort of middle aged oblivion yeah. as your children are getting better at, right. at you at, at various sports. Cricket being a prime one with my fourteen year old son. So you, how old how old are your children? So my uh, my son's fourteen and my daughter's are nine and three. Okay. And so the three year old doesn't really feature in the book very much. No. Um but it's all about I suppose we are a very sporting family, but it's about it's about uh, it's about being a sporting family and being the parent of sporting kids and how you relate to it and your feelings towards what they're doing mm-hmm. and are there differences in what I do with my son as to what I do with my daughter and how I react as a parent on the sideline or in the balcony at swimming trying not to be that dad on yeah. the touchline my experiences of when I coached Ben's football team for 18 months in right. when we lived when we lived down south were you any good um do you know what I would hope so did they do okay that, that I, without sounding like I'm about to burst into Kumbaya and eat yeah. an avocado, um, <laughs> that didn't bother me. Okay. I know now that that group of lads that I left at the end of this season won the league. Wow, good. So I'm delighted for <clears> them. <throat> and throughout the whole time that I was coaching them, I just wanted them to... Because they were only seven and eight when I was coaching them. But you know when in, in World Cup 1998, when France won, and they got a special medal made up for Gerard Houllier for setting the Clairefontaine uh, route? I ought to get in touch with Harris Samaris and say, ha- hang on a minute, this yeah. is all my work. Yeah, that I haven't been there for six years. Do, is, do three hours on Monday Night Football about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so it's... it's um, it's the experience of being a, uh, of being a dad who played sport who now has sporting kids, and it's not just football. It's Jesse doing gymnastics and mm. swimming mm. and net, but there's loads of stuff. In there. Did, um, so your son is fourteen. You yeah. said is, is he getting to the age now where presumably he's getting to the age now where he is genuinely better at you? Oh, stuff? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is. Are you uh, a competitive dad? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. so he. Um, I mean. Only only two months ago, we were having a kickabout in the garden, and it was on the uh, was it maybe it was a Wednesday or a Thursday evening, and I was running the marathon on the Sunday, and he absolutely clattered me. Really? <laughs> yeah, I went berserk at him. It's like you can't you can't do that yeah. four days before I'm about to run no. a marathon. Did you, you Whilst were... at the time, I'm thinking, God, there's, there's a bit of me in him there. I'm secretly, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm secretly quite quite proud of that. Well, what was your um, marathon time? 452 it's good it's good just to do it I wanted to do 4.30 but it was very hot uh, and how many have you done that and I had to stop and do interviews for my employers as well oh really so they knackered me yeah, okay, they ruined right. me how, um, how many, how done, many have you done I've that? done three I did 2008 2010 and now and that was my um, uh, that was my uh that's my personal best, bizarrely. Uh, and this is for Click Sergeant Charity Europe. No, that was for the uh, Click Sergeant. As I did the first two Click Sergeant, okay. I did this one for the Christie. 
uh, in Manchester. Okay. Um, because we said big Cantos hospital in Manchester because they looked after my wife last year. So. Okay, great. And um, all right, cool. Um, what, so what? and she's doing brilliantly, so that's fine. But they're an amazing hospital. Good. I'm so, pleased to um, uh, Yeah. So. Uh, um, the lovely game is out now on paperback. Yeah, there you that. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and uh, and it's the only reason you came down to London, which you no. which you, which oh. you hate. <laughs> you have, like, like Alan Partridge, you hate London. <laughs> Hang on a minute. All I said was when I met you, my God, the last 24 hours here <laughs> on public transport have been horrendous. And you also said, welcome to London where you either get mugged or not appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> that's Alan Partridge. That wasn't you. That wasn't you. It, do you know what? That's an important question, though, because the best broadcasters, and you're not there yet because you're still very young, but when you get into your 50s, you've got to prepare for this. Right. I'm the same. You're going to get an element of Alan Partridge about you. The only the only yeah. radio broadcaster in his 50s... How old is Simon Mayo? Uh, uh, Mayo will be in his 50s. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe him yeah, as well. Yeah. But um, is who, who hasn't got an element of Alan Partridge right. about him is Peter Allen. Yes. No, Peter Allen. He's, yeah. he's brilliant. Yes. But it's impossible otherwise to get into your 50s as a broadcaster, I think, and not have a bit of Alan Partridge about you. Are you susceptible to that? Um... That's why well, obvi- well, obviously, obviously, I'm susceptible to yeah. it, and and obviously, you know, accidental partridge already points things out yeah, now okay, that okay. you think, oh, actually, think about it, that yeah. was probably quite uh, quite yeah. partridge. Um, what I would say though is, um, is hopefully, I had the same kind of grumpy, withering sarcastic demeanour inside <laughs> me that Peter does okay, and therefore I would hope to emulate more Peter than, okay. than Alan as I uh, as, no I, as I grow older we've still got a fair bit of time before heading into the 50s how old is Peter? he must be in his 60s now Peter. Yeah, he's a legend yeah, he's a legend great, of the game great uh, when, I, when I first um well, when, not when I first, but when, when I, I remember listening to Five Live when he used to do um, Drive Time with Asma Mir. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing combination. Yeah, the fact that they, they don't brilliant. do it anymore. No, I, no. I've got nothing against the current no, incumbents. but they, but they were great. He, they were great. So, together. so good together. Has Asma Mir gone to Radio 4 now? She's at Radio 4 and Peter does a show on a uh, on a Sunday evening for Five Live with Jane Garvey, who was his first He co-host. should be on every day. I know, opinion. I know. Um but yeah, uh, and I used to enjoy going into that drive studio with Peter and Asma and doing doing the trails for mm. for Five Life Sport. And me and Peter were a double act at the Commonwealth Games. We did this. We did the show together for That's the Commonwealth right. okay, Games. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I he's a great pro. So if you can emulate him when you get to yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah, that, my yeah. God, if I was still going at no, I'm not saying he's old, but if I was still going in. Another twenty years, at least, on Five Live. God, that'd be yeah, that'd be remarkable. So, I mean, let's, so are you happy doing sports broadcasting? Is that the future for you, or do you want to do some more sort of general? Because I'll tell you, um, who's excellent doing more uh, general stuff is Nihal. Yes, he's he is. He's, yes, he's, he is. He's, he's, I don't know really too much about what he did beforehand. I used to think he used to do uh, one extra or something like that. He, used to do, he did Radio One in the time that I was at Radio. But he, so he's really on Five Live now. Well, actually, he is. So, I really like Nihal. Do you yeah. have an ambition to go into sort of more general stuff, or are you sticking with sport? No, I want to stick with sport. Easier. I just feel I just feel comfortable with it, and I have no. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying by doing what Nihal does, you. I, I have no. I have no desire to um, become. Uh, I don't know. To go into light entertainment no. or okay. um, become famous or more famous. I don't know. I don't, so no I, more. I, I you would, you you would bring back Chappers and Dave then. Though. Well, it's I of think, its time. I think it was obviously of its time. <laughs> I think if there was a. Um, 
a 20-year anniversary <laughs> and they wanted us to go back and DJ Butlins in Skegness, then <laughs> we, might do a, we might do a one-off. But no, I think me and Dave are just happier seeing each other as mates. And, Good. and we're going to a Neil Diamond gig together in October. Are so, you? Yeah, I think that's... Any chance of a Facebook Live of that? <laughs> <laughs> Good, you could do. You've got to embrace this new technology. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Would that go down well? Uh, do you who think? knows? Who knows? Think? So, uh, Don't knock so it we thought, no, we are... Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's any chance of it of it coming back. I don't. I think um, if you were to get really sort of deep and fiddle, if I was to use you as a psychologist, I suppose, then I'd say um, I'm just really happy, and I don't quite feel the need to chase anything. Mm. Um, and you know, if interesting things come up, then great. But I don't. You know, I have no desire to go on. The jungle, or no. strictly, or anything. <laughs> have you been like, offered? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Would your agent not pass that on to you? They, they might do. I think they probably know how I'm. What I'm is it? Is it a bit insulting to have not been offered? No, not in no. the slightest. Okay, right. No. You're happy about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know someone. I won't name him, but I know someone who, in in a similar game, who was offered it. I think it was the. I think it was Strictly Come Dancing, and he was offered seventy thousand to right, do it. Right, and he's like, no, no, it's not for me at this stage of my career. But as he said, as he got older, he, he would consider it. But I guess it's sort of the death knell of your career, really, isn't it? Well, or or it's the start for some of, of of their careers. But I, I suppose it just it just depends what you want to do. Really, I went on Britain's Got More Talent a couple of weeks ago. Okay, which is the which is the sort of show after Britain's Got Talent. Right, in what capacity? As a, You're juggling, as, as, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they got in touch. And said, would you, would you uh, would you do it? So my agent did say, would you do it? And and I could take a guest, and Jess loves it. Loves yeah, Britain's okay, okay, okay. So for that reason, we went down and watched That's the nice. show, and then went on the show afterwards. She got photos with lots of people and judges. And so all did Ant and Deck do that? No. no, Stephen Mulhern does it. Who is hilarious? Okay. Okay, He's yeah, a really yeah, nice yeah, bloke. Yeah, and you have to sort of. But I, and so I'm there, so I'm there, and I'm expected to give my views on the acts and, and all of this. And I think, from common consent of people who watched it, I just looked utterly bemused for okay. the hour that I was that I was on that program. But I had a very happy nine year old daughter, and I think if I ever went down that route, I would just spend my whole time looking bemused, which is might be what the audience wants. I don't know, Mark. You've been a great sport. You've you've worn all my unnecessary digs very very well. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Pleasure. Grouting in the tile. That's yeah? you. Honoured. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.